Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offers the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. My name is Hayden Behan, your host, and today we're going to be talking about School Improvement Model Shows Promise in the first IP Evaluation Part 2. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group educational resources to help reach your goals. So now let's get back into our topic for this week. As I said before, last week we talked uh, a little bit about the I3 evaluation. And just to reiterate, in case, just because it's been so long uh, since we last talked about this, the Investing in Innovation I3 Fund uh, provides grants to entities with a record of improving student achievement, local educational agencies, and nonprofits in partnership with local education educational agencies or consortium of schools in order to expand the implementation of and investment in evidence-based practices, strategies, and programs to significantly improve student achievement or student growth, as well as to help close achievement gaps, decrease dropout rates, increase high school graduation rates, and increase college enrollment and completion rates. So that's just a review of what the I-3 uh, actually is. And then we talked about school improvement model shows promise for the first I-3 evaluation. And this article by Sarah D. Sparks um, talks about different studies that are coming about that have shown to be successful in improving education. Uh, One such program is Success for All a popular school improvement model used in 1,000 schools, representing 300,000 students nationwide. This program, which includes school-wide curriculum, tutors, bi-monthly students' assessments, and teacher training, uh, received money from the I3 evaluation program to expand in more schools and increase training for teachers and staff. Additionally, with the Success for All is the Reading Recovery Program, um, which is highlighted in... The um, in one school story, the 700. Oh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> successful again on successful. It's highlighted in 
uh, one school story, Central Elementary School in Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, is one of the schools that's testing successful as a turnaround model in that uh, three grant. The school which has previously failed to meet its federal adequate yearly progress goals and also targets for the first time in 2010 and 2011. And more than 1,000 fewer absences in that year. As far as the program, the school having a literacy coach for three days per week who provides about 30% more professional development for the recovery program, um, which is Ohio State's University Reading Recovery Program. Uh, <clears throat> and these, this program received about $45 million to $50 million um, in order to meet on track uh, the rigorous evaluation standards set forth by the Federal Works Clearinghouse. And so we're going to go into that, too. And what we also talked about last week um, as part of the review as well, we talked about how there's some issues with the innovation grants, um, unfortunately, with the I-3 grants, uh, when grantees are asked to raise funds to match uh, the funds that they're given from the I-3 grant association. Uh, this is highlighted in the article that we discussed last week by Jason Tomamassi, um, which states that two years after the U.S. Department of Education awarded $650 million in investing in innovation grants and set off a mad dash for grantees to raise more than $100 million in matching private funds in five weeks, some of the I-3 winners are still facing financial uncertainty stemming from initial fundraising struggles. A businessman in, who pledged $400,000 to an Oregon school district's arts program did not make his recent payment, potentially putting the program's future in jeopardy. Other grantees have also encountered problems with matching funds coming through, and some nonprofit grantees have been forced to contribute their own money to match the initial amount. For this part, the department, the education department has lessened the matching fund requirements but it's less clear and possible outcomes for grantees that have run into this financial problem. Part of the I3 challenge is that there's so much cheerleading on the front end and that there's a lack of attention to how to execute and implement, says Frederick M. Hess, the Director of Education Policy Studies for Washington-based Enterprise American Enterprise Institute and author of an opinion blog for Education Week. He notes that they didn't spend a lot of time thinking about the what if. So this is some of the uh, issues that were involved with the grants, which has the, um, the requirement to match the funds given by the grants. So those are some of the issues that we talked about last week. This week, we're going to go more into the actual program, such as Success for All, because I felt like it was very important to um, go into what is being considered as a innovative and successful educational program uh, considered by I3 and how maybe some of the things that this program implements can be useful for those who are educating their students at home or just teachers who do happen to work in public education or in charter school education. Um, so I thought that it would be very important to kind of go through the program of Success for All and uh, Reading Recovery. And so first, we're just going to read a little summary of Reading Recovery Pays Off in the I3 study. And this is also by Sarah D. Sparks. 
First stated in the Reading Recovery Program, made dramatic gains in word recognition and comprehension in the first year of a massive expansion expansion financed by the Federal Investing and Innovation Program. Over a school year, participating pupils progressed nearly two months faster than similar peers who did not take part in the intervention and gained nearly 30% more learning than the average first grader nationally, according to the first three independent evaluations of the program by a team from the Consortium for Policy Research and Education. In many of these cases, these kids are going from not being able to read well or not being able to read at all to being able to read just as well as an average first grader nationally, said the lead investigator Henry May, the director of the University of Delaware Center for Research in Education and Social Policy and a senior researcher at the consortium. Reading recovery developed in New Zealand and it has been introduced in the United States by Ohio State University in 1984 and includes intensive individual instruction by trained teachers for 30 minutes a day. They received 43.6 million from the first round of dietary grants, trained 3,690 new teachers, 15 new teachers For their study, researchers randomly assigned 866 pupils in 147 schools, all of whom performed in the lowest 15 to 20 percent of readers in their grade, received either normal reading instruction or reading recovery. for some reason for a little bit. But we're going to go into the history of the Success for All Foundation. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the beginning, cooperative learning. Success for All started this school in the 1970s as students at Reed College in Oregon. And they quickly realized they shared some passion for improving education. They spent hours talked about how to make sure children got the education they deserve, especially to disadvantage circumstances, both of studying psychology and and put their business into action. Success for All grew out of the program of research and development that started with basic research on cooperative learning strategies. By 1980, Bob and Nancy's group at Johns Hopkins University had learned how to harness the power of kids working with kids by structuring methods in which, in which groups could succeed only if all members had mastered the academic material they were studying. Up to that point, Bob and Nancy's methods only dealt with instructional processes, not curriculum. The instructional processes were popular and effective, but Bob and Nancy felt they were well-structured cooperative learning that would never be a fundamental part of daily instruction until it was embedded in the curriculum. Beginning in 1980, they developed a complete math program, team-assisted instruction, which combined cooperative learning with individualized instruction. In 1983, they developed Cooperative Integrated Reading and Composition, or the CIRC. Research on both these programs found strong positive effects on achievement, but even more, Bob and Nancy's experience with these programs taught them how integrating process and curriculum can make cooperative learning and other effective practices the basis for reform in these core subjects. 
However, Bob and Nancy were still working classroom by classroom, and they began to see the need to involve entire schools in the reform process to deal with issues that individual teachers could not confront alone. In 1985, they began to work on the Cooperative Elementary School, a model that combined the programs with school organizational changes, assertive efforts to integrate special education students and family support programs. Again, the results were very positive, and the experience taught Bob and Nancy how working with whole schools could enhance professional development, implement quality, and outcomes for all students. At the same time, they wrote a book with Nancy Carwright, Effective Programs for Students at Risk, that reviewed the research on a wide variety of approaches that had been effective with disadvantaged minority and academically handicapped students. Baltimore City's request. In 1986, Bob and Nancy had a visit from Common Buzzy Hedelman, a former Maryland Secretary of Human Resources, who engaged them in a series of discussion on the question of what they'd do if they had total freedom to restructure an inner city elementary school with an objective to make certain that every child would be successful. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video based, self paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. In early spring 1987, Hedelman announced to Bob and Nancy that he'd gotten enthusiastic approval from the then superintendent and school board president in Baltimore to actually do what they had been talking about, and they set to work right away. Nancy, with Barbara Liverman of Notre Dame College, designed the first version of what became Reading Roots and a tutoring component to go along with it. Nancy Carwright designed preschool and kindergarten programs, and by September 1987, they had finished the the first prototype, selected a pilot school, Abbotson Elementary, trained the teachers, and started implementation. After years of work, Bob and Nancy's passion was finally put into practice as a success for all program. From the start, it was clear that success for all was a winner. Children at Abbotson Elementary searched forward in their reading and writing, and early evaluations confirmed what everyone involved could see. In 1988, success for all added four more schools in Baltimore and one in Philadelphia, and these started off with great success as well, expanding, expanding our programs, which is expanding the success for all programs. By the early 1990s, Success for All had developed into a full-fledged company, and the foundation was developing its research base and roughly doubling the number of schools it served each year. In 1992, another crucial event took place. The SFAF received funding from the New American Schools Development Cooperation, now New American Schools, or NAS, to develop roots and wings. The main purpose of this funding was to add math wings and word lab to Success for All, but also enabled the SFAF to greatly improve its existing programs and professionalize their dissemination. Throughout the 1990s, SFAF was adding roughly 50% more schools each year or quadrupling every three years, quadrupling every three years. The foundation's growing staff of trainers kept new and old schools developing as the foundation continued to add schools. Research 
that the Success for All program was doing at Johns Hopkins continued to show strong positive effects on reading and writing achievement. And other researchers elsewhere, especially Steve Ross and Lana Smith of the University of Memphis, began to evaluate the Success for All program and confirm the foundation's own findings. In the mid-1990s, the Success for All program began to work with other countries, first in Canada, later in England and Mexico, and adapted forms in Israel and Australia. Studies by researchers in China, I mean Canada, England, Israel, and Australia compared their adaptations of Success for All to match control schools and once again confirmed the kids of effects on student reading achievement that it had found in the U.S. Furthermore, the foundation began to get evidence from its own research, along with research at what was then the Southwest Regional Laboratory in Los Angeles, that bilingual and ESL adaptations of Success for All were producing positive effects on Spanish and English reading measures. Success never goes out of style. The Success for for All's focus is still on developing and disseminating high-quality programs for children from pre-kindergarten to pre-AP, and on dealing with the problems inherent in maintaining quality and effectiveness a rapidly growing organization. However, new developments are making the foundation's work even more visible and influential. Most recently, the Consortium for Policy Research and Education did a comparison study of Success for All, America's Choice and the Accelerated Schools Project in its August 2009 School Improvement by Design report. Noted, the study showed that the Success for All students scored 10% higher in reading proficiency than AC, ASP, and and all other comparison schools. In addition, Success for All was recently pre-qualified to provide school turnaround services in Colorado and Illinois. Success for All is not magic. The Foundation's own research and that of others has demonstrated time and time again that achievement outcomes are closely related with the quality to the quality of implementation. Success for All Foundation does not work for every child in every school. However, the story of Success for All Foundation is one of relentless efforts by a remarkable, remarkable group of developers, researchers, coaches, teachers, school leaders, and communities to put proven programs into every school willing to undergo extensive reform. To talk about the different programs that they have implemented, and one of the couple of them that I did want to get to, if we don't have time, we might not get to both of them, but this this is the early childhood interventions for success for all, and one is called Curiosity Corner. Imagine preschool classrooms in which children are expanding their vocabularies and building math, science, art, music, and interpersonal skills. They do it by playing games, singing songs, hearing stories, and making up their own, engaging in make-believe, and much more. Rich engaging video from Sesame Street and other resources is part of their day, and then four days a week, children take home DVDs with more Sesame Street and other video content to view with their parents, making a key link between home and school as parents learn how to support the themes and skills being taught in school that same day. Wouldn't you want your own child in such a pre-K class? Wouldn't you want everyone's child to have this experience? This is what the new Curiosity Corner second edition program is designed to do. It provides preschool educators with print and electronic content 
and professional development designed to transform preschool classrooms and link them to children's homes. Three- and four-year-olds are natural scientists, engineers, and linguists. They are curious about everything and have endless energy to explore and learn. As national policies are focusing on expanding preschool Excuse me. Preschool opportunities to prepare children for kindergarten. Preschool educators have few opportunities to create rich learning environments for children at this critical stage of life. Curiosity Corner uses themes, cooperative learning, center-based activities, reading circles, and videos at home and school to engage, excite, and educate young children in school and beyond. Curiosity Corner program elements is a comprehensive program for three- and four-year-old preschoolers designed to provide strong foundation in language and literacy, mathematics, science, listening, and social skills, creative expression, and positive self-esteem through holistic, thematic approach to instruction. This program provides teachers with well-instructed thematic units aligned with state and national early learning guidelines. The program includes detailed instructions and provides many of the materials necessary to implement simulating engaging program while training and supporting the educators who are implementing the program. How is the program structured? This consists of 18 integrated two-week thematic units that relate to children's lives, interests, and surroundings. Children are introduced to concepts. They engage in concrete activities related to those concepts, and then they are given time to review the concepts again. The Manual for Curiosity Corner provides general outcome philosophy and a description of curriculum components, teaching strategies, home links, teacher support, and assessment tools. Curiosity Corner's integrated approach is built on daily sequence of components. What are teachers provided? Each teacher receives a teacher's manual, except for basic equipment and supplies typical of a well-equipped early childhood classroom and some teacher-acquired materials. The Success for All Foundation supplies the materials necessary to implement Curiosity Corner that include theme guides for, two, for each two-week unit, theme-related children's books, manipulatives, games, video content on flash drives to use during circle time, and other materials to support theme-related activities. Professional development coaching. One of the key uh, to Curiosity Corner's success is in-depth professional development provided by the Success for All Foundation, which coaches to support teachers' implementation of the thematic unit. Scope and sequence. The program's focus on language and literacy is based on research that supports the promotion of oral language and emergent literacy as key factors in later academic achievement. The program provides a balanced developmental approach, emphasizing language and literacy in the context of physical, emotional, and interpersonal development, math, science, social studies, music, movement, and art. The last program that I wanted to talk about was Kinder Corner, which is when the child is actually in kindergarten. This is a program that they do implement. Kinder Corner is a comprehensive kindergarten program based on research indicating that young children learn best when material is delivered holistically rather than in isolation. Using a thematic approach to learning, Kinder Corner addresses all developmental domains for early learners. Kinder Corner helps children make sense of the world around them, fostering the development of children's language, literacy and math, and interpersonal self-help skills and science and social studies concepts. Kinder Corner provides kindergartners with the same type of experiential and child-centered curriculum that is a foundation for the Curiosity Corner curriculum. 
Ideally suited for a full day classroom, Kinder Corner provides a balance between child-initiated activities and teacher-directed instruction with emphasis given to oral language and literacy development. How is Kinder Corner structured? This consists of 16 thematic units that are designed to relate to children's lives, interests, and surroundings and introduce them to concepts that are then explored and reviewed through concrete, integrated, theme-related activities. Kinder Corner specifically targets language and literacy development through the discussion of thematic concepts to promote children to promote the children's phono, phono, phonological awareness, phonemic awareness, and oral language development. These activities include interactive story reading and storytelling, action songs and rhymes, and verbal guessing games. Each day, children choose learning labs and engage in reflection activities to promote their problem-solving skills. Students also read Kinder Corner concepts of print books, which helps them develop phonics and other reading, phonics and other reading, re, reading readiness skills. Beginning halfway through the school year, formal reading instruction is introduced through Kinder Roots. Through fun lessons and shared stories, students are exposed to the use of sound blending and strategies for word recognition and text comprehension as they read phonetically through controlled text. So it seems like we only have a couple more minutes left, so we won't get to the uh, reading recovery program, but the two programs are very similar. Next week, please join us for our show. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, that will be homework, friends, help shape teenagers' sleep pat patterns, which will be next week. Thank you again for joining me, and I do apologize for the noise. Unfortunately, just being in a campus, uh, even though I'm in my room, the walls are very thin, and sometimes people can be a little bit loud outside. But I do hope that the audience was able to receive most of what I put forth in this radio show and understand it well enough without the interruptions. Thank you again so much for joining me today. Please join us again next week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.